Thanks for downloading this episode of Cork Talk with me, Tim Atkin. A weekly conversation with some of the most famous people in the world of wine. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Nomacork by Vinventions. Driven by a commitment to innovation, the new plant-based Nomacork Green Line offers significant improvements in wine closure performance. Thanks to a rigorous oxygen ingress rate, you can decide which cork is best for your wine, whether it's for young and fresh wines or for those with ageing potential. Veronica Ortega must be the only winemaker in the world who's the daughter of a famous bullfighter. He's also one of the most exciting producers in the increasingly fashionable Bietho area, making some of the best reds and a celebrated white in the region. Listen to us chat about what she calls the transparency of the Menthea grape, the advantages of working in a village with only 40 inhabitants, and why she decided to call one of her wines Kinky. Hello, Veronica, how are you? Hello, Dean. I'm very good, thank you. It's a pleasure to, to hear you. Oh, it's fantastic to have you on Cork Took. I'm a big fan of your wines and everything that you do. Oh, um, thank you. How are things in the, in the vineyards at the moment? You must just be coming out of winter, are you? Yeah, we're still pruning uh, because, uh, well, the winter has been very dry and now we, we are start to have some rain, which is very good because it's been very, very dry here, which is not normal, not common here. We used to have a, a, good, a good rainfall, but this year it uh, looks to be a dry one. And now it's uh, raining, so today we are not pruning, but we're still pruning this year. And you yes. do the pruning yourself, don't you, with the team? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I love to do the pruning. I think it's the yeah, it's it's the, the, the thing that I prefer to do in the vineyard. Because it's more creative and more it's a kind of relaxing job. Yes, it's very important to get it right as well, pruning, isn't it? Yeah, and it's the most important one of the most important yeah, job in the vineyard. Yeah. Where where did you learn to do that? Well, first I, I do my study of enology in, in Cadi, but to be honest. In the university, you just learn just a couple of vineyards and that's all. It's not enough. So after that, when I went to, to work with Álvaro, he introduced me, his uh, nephew, Ricardo Palacios. Here this is Álvaro Palacios, yeah? Yeah, I went, I went to my first harvest. Was um, I was very, uh, was in the very beginning. beginning. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, uh, yeah, just after the university, my first vintage, I went to, to Priorat and I stayed there with uh, Daphne Glorian and Alvaro Palacios. And just when we finished the harvest, I came to Bierzo to meet uh, his nephew, Ricardo Palacios. And I stayed here in Bierzo for 10 or 15 days just to know how they were doing the pruning here in a very old vine and in bush vine. So... Yeah. Well, it's uh, something interesting because I, I learned here in Bierzo with uh, Ricardo. Then when I moved to, to Burgundy and I stayed there for two years working in the vineyard, obviously I, I, I learned a lot of uh, the, the pruning in Burgundy. But we'll come back to Burgundy and also to Bierzo in yeah. a minute because there's lots to discuss. But I wanted to just start with your, with your background because people who don't know you won't realise that you're actually the, the daughter of a very famous bullfighter, yeah, uh, called called Rafael uh, yeah. Ortega, obviously. Um, I, I mean, just tell us a bit about your dad. Did you ever get to see your dad fight in the bull ring? Well, when I when I born when I was born, he was almost sixty. 
So he was already retired, uh, but he still he was still very active in the in the bullfighting world because he was like a very respected uh, bullfighter, and he was also the teacher for the young people in in, in Cadiz, my city. And also, I saw him many times uh, fighting in a private private uh, bullfighters. But well, I'm very very proud uh, to be the daughter of. Uh, my father, because he was a big, uh, big person, like really, really good person, and with great values that he transmitted me, and and has been the biggest reference in my life, and still been my, the biggest reference in my life. Interesting, and I mean, what, at what age do bullfighters stop fighting? At what age do they retire? Uh, it depends. Uh, my my father has. Um, when he start to have a children, because we are seven, uh, he stopped because my mother was uh, asking him to stop because it's very dangerous, obviously. But have, after, I think, uh, five, six years, he, he start again because he was missing a lot to do, to be in the, inactive. But he was not very lucky because has, uh, in the same two years, very two very, very dangerous and very... Um, um, yeah, very, very strong. Um, well, injuries, coronadas, yeah, injuries, yeah. exactly. And yeah. the second one, uh, he he lose the, the the circulation of the blood in in his leg, so Oof. he he must stop. If not, should be like uh, uh, no, not possible. It's it's much more dangerous than wine making, then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> much I mean, more. Is, yeah. Interesting. You're very Andalusian. Yeah, you were brought up in Cadiz on the coast. I just wonder, was wine part of your life as as a kid? Did your parents drink wine? Were they sherry drinkers, or did they drink wine somewhere in Spain? Well, it's true that in in Andalusia and in in Cadiz, which is where sherry is, um, the the sherry wine and the bullfighter and the flamenco, they are very linked. And uh, they are always very close because uh, the in the past there was the same people who was the owner of the of the bulls. Who, they were the owners also of the wineries in Cherry. So it was like the same ambience and atmosphere. Mm. And I was the image of Cherry was very present in my life, but in my family there was not a big wine culture. So. Mm. Uh, I'm the first in my family. Uh, and why did you decide to become a, a winemaker? I mean, as you said, you're the first. You've got all these brothers and sisters, but you were the first one to do it. Why did you decide to become a winemaker? Well, it was nothing too much romantic because I was um, uh, trying to, to decide what to study. Uh, and I love, oh, I love it, to, to study chemistry because I was good in it. Uh, but I didn't want to be all my life in a laboratory. And this year, when I was thinking was what to do, was the first year that uh, enology was uh, a study in Spain. And one of the, the first place, places was in Sherry, in, in Cadiz. So I remember a teacher uh, asked, me, asked me, why you don't study first chemistry and then you can study enology? And I say, mm. what is that? And they told me, it's the chemistry of the wine. So was something like 
sounds very um, authentic for me, mm. linked to the to the earth, to the history, to the tradition, and and was something like very interesting for me. So I decided to study first chemistry and then energy. But I thought that was something much more technical. Mm. That after I I discovered that was so I I was I decided to to study enology but um when i went to do my first harvest in priora i i discovered that it was uh, something much more uh, magical and uh, artisanal and it was uh, the wine world that that i know right now that you yeah it's interesting everybody says that that you learn the theory you learn the science really at university but then when you become a winemaker you forget all of it because it's very different actually working with real grapes yeah exactly. as opposed to just thinking theoretically about it yeah exactly we study it's it's good to have a base i mean in, and, and i don't want to say that it's not necessary but we study a lot of theory but we need to to do a lot of practice yeah. uh, as well and, and so we need to to I think that the the best for a for somebody who who finished his studies to travel and travel and and try try to 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 learn in different countries and wineries and that's yeah. I mean, it's interesting is you mentioned you went to Priorat to work with with Alvaro Palacios, famous Spanish winemaker, uh, and also with Daphne Glorian, another very famous Spanish winemaker. But you travelled a lot, didn't you? You went also to New Zealand and you went to South Africa and especially you went to Burgundy where you spent five years. Why, why did you choose those places to visit, to live? Well, I was very lucky to go for this first vintage and go to work with uh, Daphne Glorian and Alvaro Palacios, they were, uh, well, one of the biggest professional in, in, in my country and they are very, very passionate and, uh, and they know a lot. So was there when I start to taste, uh, uh, really good wines and, and to hear about all the, the regions in the, in the world of, uh, the wine regions and was there when I start to think in going to, to Burgundy or, and then one, once you are in the wine world, it, that's, it's, uh, I mean, that was, uh, I was, uh, I wanted to go to Burgundy because it's like, uh, the Mecca of the, mm. of the wine world. And then New Zealand, for example, because it was uh, very interesting for me because of the clima and the, the grapes that they grow there and the style. Then I went also to Douro in Oporto. I went to work with uh, Nipo as well. So I was trying to, yeah, to learn as much as possible and to, to learn from different places. Also, Rome Valley, I stayed there for two years as well in Cross Hermitage. So I, I was, well, I, I wish to, to still tra <laughs> traveling and learning, but someday you have to, you have to work for yourself. Yeah. I mean, and the thing you finally did with yourself was you you set up in Bierzo in 2012. But I think you made an experimental wine from 2010 onwards, didn't you? So what what made you go to Bierzo? Because you're you're from Andalusia, you know, you're not from not from Castilla Leon. Um, what made you go to? What attracted you to Bierzo as a place? Well, it's true that I was um, lucky because my family was not not a wine family. In, in for one side. 
it's not so lucky because you don't grow up with this and you don't have a winery already waiting uh, for you at home with the vineyard. But I was free to choose any place in the in the in, in Spain or or in the world. And it's true that I was um, suggested for many places in Spain because uh, we have a lot of very interesting places in Spain to make wine. But finally, there are many, many things that makes Birth very interesting for a winemaker. Uh, but the thing that makes me, to be sure, to come here was the wine, the style and the profile of the wine from here, because I feel very identified with the wine from Bierzo and, and the Mencia wine. But there are many, many things that makes this region awesome for a, for a person who is uh, working in the vineyard and doing wine. Can, can you tell us a bit more about Bierzo? Because it's, it's close to the Atlantic, isn't it? I mean, as I said, it's in Castilla León, but in many ways it feels like part of Galicia. Would you say that that's true? Tell us a bit more uh, about about the areas within it and how big it is and, and the different subregions. Can you do that? Yeah, I mean, Bierzo is a tiny region in the northwest of Spain. It's uh, uh, Castilla León, but it's, but it's very, very close to Galicia. It's true that, uh, in fact, the people of Bierzo, they are thinking that they are Galician and they wish <laughs> to be Galician. Because <laughs> They're they, not Castilians, they, right? <laughs> they don't feel like Castilian. Because uh, in the past they were Galician and mm. they want to, to they they speak Galician, mm. they eat octopusy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so here is uh, a kind in, in the middle of nowhere, uh, but it's very very close to Galicia, yeah. And mm. we also share some uh, grapes like Godello, like Mencia, because there are some region in Galicia that they are also working with Mencia. So we are closer than, than Galicia than, than, than Castilla and also mm. in the clima. It's a small region, as I told you, uh, we have 5,000 of uh, uh, hectares of mm. uh, vineyard, uh, but with 5,000 of viticultors. So it's wow. like a very, very, um, uh, very tiny plots, very mm. tiny parcels and uh, with a lot of old vine. We are the region in Europe with more uh, percentage of uh, old vine. So they. You, you, what, how, how, what's the percentage of old vines? Could it be more than half? Would it be 80 years old? Yeah, yeah more, more, more than, than half, yeah. Uh, much more. I don't have the number now, mm. but probably the 80% if old vine, but very old vine. Mm. We have the average is uh, 80 years old, and then we have also. You can find many vineyards of uh, 100 years old. That's yeah. that's an amazing treasure treasure that we have here. Also, there is a very uh, uh, old uh, wine culture here, very popular and still mm. very alive, because uh, the people still uh, making wine at home and they are working the vineyard, and then also. Uh, uh, yeah, making wine at home just for themselves, and it's something very popular here, and it's that makes that has an atmosphere here very lovely. The wine is part a part of everyday life, yeah, uh, absolutely, and it's yeah. uh, still very authentic and very rural the, mm. the the life here, and all the vineyards that we have, they they are very old and they still be working, work it for the the old people 
it's still working the vineyard by hand and it's something like very uh, yeah very authentic they're still plowing with horses or with donkeys or what horses yeah well that's uh not too much <laughs> <laughs> i'm being romantic am I? oh we <laughs> have no because it's not so easy to to find there are some for example ricardo is uh, working with uh horses that's ricardo vineyard. perez yeah yeah but no yeah. we we try to do it with um manual uh tractor or small very very small tractors mm. that we can do it but but we still work in very artisanal the vineyard and then and also there are um, uh, the this authenticity you can find them later in the wines also has some very uh, strong uh, personality the wine from Bierzo. Yeah, tell us a little bit about the soil types because uh, Bierzo is famous for for schist, isn't it? But it's not the only soil type, is it? It's quite mixed, isn't it? As as a as a terroir. No, in fact, um, Bierzo is like a pen. Hmm. So we have the the valley in the center. And all the valley, which is where we have the higher density of vineyard. So mostly of the wine that you are going to find from Bierzo in the market, they are coming from the valley. From and, sand, yeah? Uh, clay. Sand and clay. Clay, clay. and sandy yeah. soils. Yeah. There are, uh, we have a soft... Uh, uh, hills. Hills. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Uh, mm. with uh, different parcels, different plots, with more or less sand and more or less uh, stones. And then all around, but all the, the soil in the valley is uh, clay and sandy soil. And mm. then all around, we have the hills, the mountains, uh, more steps with uh, schist. Okay, yeah. Then we can find some uh, granitic, but it's very, very rare. And also there are just a few... Um, limestone or clay, uh, yeah limestone soil but because your your one of your white wines is called cal isn't it and cal is named after chalk. after limestone after a chalky soil which is in a which is in an old abandoned quarry really yeah just tell me a little bit about do you buy grapes or do you own vineyards i mean how difficult is it to get these 5000 growers to give you grapes to make wines with it do they want to keep them for themselves yeah well it's true that it's not so easy to 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 get to, to buy vineyard here because people has a very strong link to the to the land because mm. normally they 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 are old people that they were working the this vineyard since they were a child and then his father was working this vineyard since he was a child and maybe mm. his grandfather who was was who planted this vineyard or mm. the father of his grandfather so it's something like very uh, yeah, but he deep in his heart, and it's not mm. so easy to 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 buy. But mm. but these old people, they they don't want to go home. They want to still in the vineyard, <laughs> working in the land. And but someday they 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 prefer to do to give you the vineyard because they are getting too old. So yeah. it's not so easy, but it's true that you can find. Yeah, I I you have to charm them, do you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to go and see them, have a drink with them, smile at them. Yeah, nice yeah, 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 yeah. That's the way that I have found all the vineyards. You have to, <laughs> when I arrive here, you have to go to the bars of the of the city and yeah. talk with your people. And and I I have uh, some vineyard in my property, and I but mostly of the vineyard that I'm working, they are rented. Mm. Since since I arrived, 
I I start to rent the vineyards, mm. and then also I I I buy some grapes as well, mm. and, and and that is yeah. T- t- tell us a little bit about Mencia because Mencia is, is the dominant red grape variety in in Biedertho. J- just tell us what you like about working with it. Um, Sometimes you say it's a bit like Pinot, it's a bit like Syrah, or it also has a characteristic all of its own. Just tell us how what you like about Menthea as a grape. Menthea is um, a fantastic grape that is novel enough to make a monovarietal wine, which is uh, something very interesting and very and it's great because it's uh, when it's well worked, uh, we can have a great wines from, from Mencia. Uh, it's a very transparent grape. That, that is, could be the only thing that we can think that is close to Pinot because it's, uh, it's very transparent. It's going to show you very easy and very quickly any difference in, in with the terroir or the isolation, the altitude, the, the location of the vineyard. And then also it's going to show you very easy and very quickly any any mistake or not or the way mm-hmm. that you work with Mencia in the in the winery also so that makes that Mencia uh, could be a very plastic uh, grape mm-hmm. that you can have a very different profile of Mencia from from one parcel to the other one mm-hmm. and then also from one vinification to other one from one so one plastic to... means that you can you can mold it yeah you yeah. can you can you very can change versatile. its profile. Yeah, yeah very versatile. versatile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In fact, if we, if we taste, uh, for example, the wines that I have in the in the ranch, uh, they are very very different one from the other from each other. Uh, yeah. They have uh, absolutely different profile and and personality. Some of them are, are for the vineyard and for the soil that they are coming from, and some of them are also for the way that we work in the winery with them. Because altogether you make you make five red wines, don't you? You have Rock, you have Quite, yeah, you have Cobrana, you have Vo, which is version original, and you have something called Kinky, which is a fantastic name. <laughs> Just tell us the difference between them. Which is the basic wine? Is Kinky the basic one? Uh, it's very funny because Kinky, <laughs> I didn't know what's what was Kinky in English. <laughs> Uh, Kinky is, and now uh, you get a lot of orders, right? Yeah, <laughs> now I know. It's very funny, I think. I don't care. It's not a problem. But it's uh, absolutely different uh, means in Spanish. Yeah. In Spanish, it's like a small... Um, Stoller? Or like... Um, yeah, it's like a personal, that which is a kind of weird. Or, but it's, Some of it is weird, right? Yeah, okay. more or less. Yeah. And... Yeah, well, the quite is the entry label, which is the the biggest cuvée, and it's a, it's a blend of, of different parcels in Baltuille, very tiny parcel because we have a we have to 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 blend a lot of parcel to make a th- twenty thousand bottles. Um, it's um, the the style more more accessible, more informal, more yes, it's a wine to enjoy and easy to drink and easy to understand, mm. very varietal. Mm. And then we have a different um, two uh, village or wine, uh, Vino de Pueblo, mm. Rock and Rock is a wine from Baltuille, from the town of Baltuille, which is coming from two plots. 
it's more serious uh, menthia. It's a very from a very sandy soil with a lot of stones. It's a tough soil, but it's um, it's a serious but elegant menthia. And then the other wine from village, which is from Cobrana, is the name. The name of the wine is the same name of the village. It's uh, Cobrana, mm. and it's a blend of different parcels in this in the town of Cobrana, which is in the high Bierzo. So there we have a little bit more altitude. And it's uh, another profile absolutely different from the valley. We have a uh, schist soil, but very degraded with uh, red clay, which is a very interesting soil because it's a combination in between the minerality of the schist, but with the very fresh red fruit coming from the clay. And then we have a single vineyard parcel, two single vineyard parcel, kinky, which is uh, uh, just one plot. It's un vino de parcela with uh, our new classification of, from the wines in Bierzo that we have. And it's uh, coming from a parcela in Cobrana, this place in, in this town in the high Bierzo. It's a, it's a, a very uh, fresh wine with a very low alcohol, uh, very low extraction and something like very very fresh, very uh, drinkable and very, uh, mm. very light. And we, we pick up the grape in this wine very early. So the aromatic profile is absolutely different as well. Mm. Then the other wine from a parcel is a uh, VO, which is uh, coming from a plot as well. Very, very old wine in the valley. Version, it's version original, is it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's all. That's, mm. that's how they, they find Five different Mentheas or Menthea-based blends. They're field blends very often, aren't they? A lot of these old vineyards have all sorts of things in them. What, what, what other grapes would they have in the vineyards? Well, in the old vine in Bierzo, you will always find uh, some other varieties mixed in the vineyard. Mm. Um, in the valley, in the center of the valley, like Valtuille, they are mostly 100% Menthea. Then you can mm. five just a little bit, 5%. 6% of other varieties, mostly white. Hmm. So you will find Godello, very, very rare, but you will find Doña Blanca or Palomino, mixed hmm. in the vineyard. But then if you move to so, some towns like uh, Cobrana, for example, there the vineyards are much more mixed with whites and with other varieties. Hmm. So uh, it depends of the town, and it depends also of the age of the vineyard because uh, when they were planted uh, is very important because in some time ago there was more they were paying more for the white and for the for for the red. So we need to 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 know when was planted this vineyard and for who because yeah. also the the taste of the vineyard in the in the in the past long, yeah in the past. Yeah was um, very uh, important to, to choose the field blend. And did, did they plant white grapes for acidity? Why did they plant white grapes? Not too much. Uh, because the, the whites that we have... Hmm. No. For Palomino. And Doña hmm. Blanca has a little bit more acidity than Palomino, but was mostly for the taste of uh, the people who was planted the vineyard because they wanted to put a little bit of white in the blend and was something more light. 
and and also because in some time ago they were looking for more um productivity ah uh, okay so the whites gave them more yield yeah, gave them more grapes exactly. okay interesting i mean you, you we're talking of whites you know you 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 you're a big defender of Godeo as a, as a grape variety. Tell us a little bit about what you like about Godeo as a, as a white grape. Because you said, I think there are different clones of Godeo, and then there's one that you particularly like. Yeah. Godeo is, is the most important white grape that we have, or the most interesting that we have in Bierzo. It's very rare. We just have a few of uh, vineyard of Godeo in Bierzo, but also, we have two clones, and the really interesting is the, the old clone, the old one, which is a very, very a small cluster with tiny grains and very thick skins with a very, very poor uh, a yield. What do you call it? Godeo viejo or something, do you? Exactly. Old, old Godeo, right? Sí, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the, the interesting one. And it's, for me, I think it's a very complex grape uh, because you have, a, it's very intense and very expressive in the nose, hmm. uh, in the nose. Maybe hmm. not so much as Alvariño, not so terpenic like Alvariño, but it's, uh, it's a little bit more subtle, but very delicate and very expressive in the aromas. Hmm. And then in the mouth, you, you, have, uh, you have everything because you have a strong structure, you have volume. But also you have uh, some tension and some. Uh, mm. It's true that not all the vineyard can make a great wine with Godeño. Mm. Mm. Uh, you have to find the great vineyard and the, the really good one. But if you can work with a really good vineyard, you will find you will. So you, you can uh, you can have a very very nice precision in yeah. the in the mouth, which is uh, for me is. It's amazing. As you said, it's unusual to find it on limestone. You'd obviously work with limestone soils when when you lived in Burgundy. Yeah, no, no. In, in Bierzo, there is no, there are no limestone. It's just a little bit. You can find a little bit, but this vineyard of Car has a very very pure uh, vine mm. uh, of uh, of chalk, which is a uh, with a very very pure percentage of. Uh, like a vein, a vein of vein. chalk. Yeah. yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's, it's uh, very, very pure. I remember, well, some every year we had more and more planted plants that they were dying because of the high percentage in, in, in calcium carbonate. Mm. So that is very um, unusual in Birthan. It's giving a lot of character to this wine, to this variety. So it struggles a bit, does it, with the, with the calcium carbonate? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm interested in what the, the changes that you've seen in your career with female enologists um, entering the wine business. I, I just wonder what advice you would give to somebody that was starting now. You know, you started you started uh, in Priorat when you were beginning. Was it much harder to to set up a business on your own than it is now as a woman? Not much harder, but. Now I think it's easier because uh, we are we are more and more every every time, but it was not hard not hard for me. Maybe more than for be a woman. Uh, maybe it was for my for to be young. I mean, mm. and 
if it's something we can say that is hard, is when you start to manage your own project and you are living in a very rural place that yeah. all people is not used to to see a woman and a young woman uh, uh, working with the the people in the vineyard. Yeah. I mean, when you have to manage and you have to to tell to the people how to do and that's but then when they see you working very hard uh then quickly you you have his confidence and they trust you and they they yeah they don't have any problem for me it was not hard to do to to be in the but it's true that you have it's uh, something very dedicated you mm-hmm. i'm all my life is uh, the wine and the, the my job and i entirely uh, dedicated to to my to my job and to my career because your winery uh, is in a very little village isn't it it's in 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 Valtuile de Abajo the low part of, of Valtuile I assume there's not an arriba there's not a high part of Valtuile it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. about it's about 40 people isn't it with one bar um so it's pretty wineries. small isn't it and yeah. nine, wineries. <laughs> nine wineries there are nine wineries and 40 people unbelievable it must be the biggest concentration of wineries in one village in Spain right yeah 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 for sure <laughs> Yeah, but uh, well, it's um, it's something very very special there. There, all the people are viticulture, and this uh, all the life is turning around the wine and the the vineyard and the grapes, mm. and it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's like a grand crew. You just you just can have a coffee in the bar, and that's that's all. You cannot do nothing just to see vineyard there, and it's wine, wine, and wine. Yeah. So wine is the way of life. Right? Yeah. There's no other form of agriculture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Too cold for olives, probably for olive trees. Well, there is uh, there is uh, a guy who is planting olive oils not far away from Valtuille, mm. but is uh, because here in Bierzo it's true that we have um, uh, it's very interesting. We have both uh, flora. Yeah, it depends of the north side or the south side of a mountain. You can have different floras, Mediterranean mm. floras in the south. Uh, side and Atlantic flora in the north side. So interesting. Yeah, it's very. So you could grow olive trees on the south, but not on the north side. In the south face of the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> and you get vineyards on both sides, north and south. Yeah. 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 Interesting. I mean, you, you've made wine around the world. You know, you've taught, told us all the places you've made wine. Is, is there anywhere else you'd like to make wine that you haven't made wine yet? I just wonder whether you'd like to go back to Andalusia and maybe make a sherry at some point. Yeah, I would like to do someday. Someday I will do, uh, for sure. Um, just for for pleasure, because it's uh, yeah, for me it's uh, uh, the biggest treasure or one of the biggest treasure in the wine world. I mean, uh, they're unique wines, uh, and I'm from there, so it's something yeah. very linked to my to my yeah to my soul. But also, I I love and I'm very pr- close here to Galicia. And I feel very identified every time more and more with Galician wines. Mm. And I love Galicia as well. So I also would like to do someday. And I'm, I'm now it's closer, you know, <laughs> to do the harvest. So maybe I would like to do someday something in Galicia because I love uh, uh, red from Galicia. Yeah. Maybe Ribera Sacra, yeah, where they have Mentia. Yeah. <laughs> maybe Ribera Sacra, which is uh, absolutely amazing. 
place, the landscape is uh, so beautiful there. But also Rias Baisas, I love the, the Espadeiros and the Caíños and the Loureiro mm. and really fun. And, and do you still have family in Andalusia, in Cadiz? Your family still live there? Yeah, all my family is still there. I'm mm. the only one that are not living. <laughs> they escaped. They, they, are, they have... <laughs> They have a nice life in the beach, you know. <laughs> they are there uh, enjoying the sun, and uh, I am the only one that is not in Cadiz. And they must be very proud of you of what you've achieved. Yeah, this amazing winery that you've created on your own for well, nothing. Are they are they drinking your wines when you go back to Cadiz? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. they're your biggest fans, right? Yeah, no, they they are they are happy with the. Uh, with yeah, with my my life and um, they see me happy so I feel that's very important yeah but final question I just wonder what do you do to relax get away from wine you know do you like flamenco do you like singing do you like reading do you like walking do you like sport or are you just focused on wine the whole time no I try to I try to unfocus a little bit because if not all my life is uh, you cannot disconnect if you don't yeah, I, I do some sport uh, every day, but I I try to travel uh, a little bit just to disconnect and to some days to to go to the big city. I go to Madrid, or, and but the most the, the more often the thing that I do more often is to, to go to the sea to in Galicia because I still missing the sea a lot. Uh, so I try when I have some time i i try to go there and to relax in the in the in the sand which is so uh, the sea the sea is in your blood yeah 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 i grew up in cadiz which is almost an island so <laughs> i and I, yeah that's true i still miss in the sea so i i go to galicia quite quite often yeah but it's a lot warmer to swim in cadiz than it is in the atlantic right yeah yeah but yeah, they're a little bit warmer. Not, it's, <laughs> in, Galicia, in Galicia, it's very, very cold. But I like the cold, uh, the cold <laughs> water to, to, to swim. And in Cadiz, it's a little bit warmer, but not too, too warm because it's still Atlantic. <laughs> That's very true. Yes, you're right. I forget that. Yeah, it's not part of the Mediterranean quite, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, in the, it's just in the center, in between Atlantic and Mediterranean, but Cadiz is more Atlantic. Yeah. Listen, Veronica, it's been fantastic talking to you. Anybody listening to the podcast who wants to buy your wines in England, they're brought in by Vine Trail. Uh, anybody else who wants to buy the wines around the world, they can contact you through your website, which is uh, named after yourself, obviously. Um, we love your wines. I love what you've achieved in Bietta, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you do next uh, over the next 10 years. Maybe a sherry. You never know. We never know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, Tim. It has been it's been a pleasure to see you and I hope to see you very soon, either in Bielsa or in please. London or maybe in Andalusia. You great. never know. Yeah. Okay. See you. See ya. Veronica's so representative of what I love most about the new Spain. Next week on Cork Talk, my guest is Emma Rice from Hattingley Valley in England. See you then. Thanks for listening to Cork Talk. If you want to read more reports, articles and tasting notes by me, go to my website, timatkin.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Tim Atkin, and on Instagram, at Tim Atkin MW. See you next week. <laughs>